and welcome to episode 29 of the Right for Life podcast. And I am joined, as always, by the wonderful Mike Hurley. Ahoy! Ahoy there. We are on a pirate ship today. I'm dressed in a stripy t-shirt and I have a cutlass. And Mike has a parrot on his left shoulder and an eye patch on his right eye. Yep. Yar! <laughs> I should say. How are you, Captain Broom? I'm all right, thanks. Not too bad at all. Um, also, we need to do a little bit of housekeeping first, mm-hmm. don't we? Because um, this is episode 29. Mm-hmm. There will be an episode 30. And then um, then I'm going on paternity leave. Yes, you are. You For are indeed. an unknown period of time. <laughs> yeah, so um, anybody that doesn't know, the Brewster is having twins. Um, and we were having a conversation last week because I'm concerned that he is going to overexert himself um, when he needs to be looking after his children and his lady wife. So um, we're going to, after episode 30, we're going to pause the show for a bit um, and then we will be back, hopefully not in too, too long, um, with season three or series three of this show. And we have a lot of exciting things as well to come. Um, in the next season, we've got some, we've got some plans, got some great ideas. Uh, the Broomster's going to be very busy for some reason, even though he's extending his, he, he's doubling his family. He's also deciding <laughs> to work on a bunch of new projects, and a lot of that sort of stuff will come out in the next series of our show. It's even more ridiculous when you say it like that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's been quite, it's been um, interesting doing this podcast. I've, I've, I've loved doing it. I'd like to, say, I'd like to extend a thank you now before next week, Mike. You asked me to be to to do this podcast a few months ago, and. As I've said before, pretty much the same week, found out I was going to be a dad. My book got published, or I was found out I was going to be published, and I'd moved house two weeks before. So I've always dreamt of doing a podcast with you, Mike, on the 70 Decibels Network, and I thought it was going to be the most organised, most well-put-together, well-thought-out thing I could ever possibly do. <laughs> and um, and that hasn't been the case. However... It's been ace, and I've fair enjoyed it. And what's more, it's been interesting, I think, because in a kind of inadvertently, it's documented a very short but a very sweet journey that I've been on, which has been kind of the build up to my book being launched, which obviously I've talked about before was a couple of weeks ago. So that whole process has been documented in the last few months, which is really nice for me. Um, and like you say, when when we come back for season three, I will be well into the swing of things. It'll be, I, I, I guess, at least a couple of months from now. So I will have had my book out for a little while, and you know the paperback will be out there as well as the um, as well as the 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 ebook version. And um, so I should have an entirely different story to share and tell people. So hopefully it'll be interesting. Excellent. And if and. Uh... Listeners, if you could just send that card around that I posted out a couple of weeks ago, we need to get that back um, for Broom before he gets goes on his paternity leave. So if you can all hurry up, please, with that, it would be awesome. And I don't expect a lot, maybe one, two, three pounds or, or dollars, that's fine. I guess for dollars it would be five, six or seven, something like that. I don't really don't mind how much, it's fine. I'd like to invite everyone to my book launch. That's, of course, my second pick. This is going, there is going to be more to this podcast episode than just me talking about me. Um, but... I'm having an official book launch in Sheffield. Now, I know that a lot of you don't live in Sheffield. I know a lot of you don't even live in the UK. But I am having a book launch on the 6th of September. 
It's at the Lantern Theatre, a beautiful theatre in Sheffield. I'll be signing books. I'll be reading from the book. I'll be talking about the book and about my writing process. And there may be a free glass of wine and maybe a raffle. It'll be wonderful. I would love you all to come along if you can. And you have to go to, of course, angelicalaunch.eventbrite.co.uk. Maybe even .com will take you to the same place and book yourself a free ticket. And I know that's a bit of a plug, but, you know, if anyone is in Sheffield and wants to come, you're very welcome. Of course, the link will be, for that will be in the show notes. So people can find it. Marvellous. So what we should probably do, Mike, is I will just briefly introduce the, uh, the topic for today, maybe do a sponsor, and then crack on. How's that? Sounds excellent, bro. So what I want to talk about is um, is how you keep up with news. So that could be, I guess, mainly news about writing, So, um, or, or it could be articles about writing, so your favorite blogs, that kind of thing, and also publishing news. So what's going on in the publishing industry, what's going on maybe in your genre, maybe you're a thriller writer and you want to keep up with what's going on in the world of thrillers, and... Um, and and how you do, how do you do that? So how do you how do you kind of keep track of what's going on without without having to go back to all these websites that you find, without having to go back and visit them every single day? So we're going to be talking about RSS, which some of you I'm sure we're very familiar with, but hopefully we can enlighten you and give you a few more tips and tricks and uh, suggestions for ways to engage with RSS, or if you're a blogger, how to use RSS to get more out of it. And Twitter too, so that's the other thing we're going to be talking about. It's not just for talking, Mike, it's for keeping up with news and other things too. So that's kind of the general subjects. And you, Mike, I know for a fact that this is something you know a lot about. I try. I try my best. What else do you know a lot about? Squarespace. That Tell was, me. That was good, wasn't it? So I'm going to talk to you about Squarespace. They are our sponsor this week, and we love Squarespace. Um, they are the place to start your next amazing website, blog, portfolio, or your new home online. I want to talk to you about a few things, some awesome features of Squarespace um, that I've been enjoying over the last couple of weeks while I've been redesigning my own personal site at mikehurley.net and I've been using Squarespace 6, their new platform, to do that. So I want to talk to you about something called Layout Engine. Now, Layout Engine is Squarespace's page builder. It allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. You add what they call blocks of content, such as photos, videos, text, social media content, and tons more. You just choose the ones that you want to enable on your site, and you just select them, and there they are. And you can manipulate them. You know, If you want to add images, you can drag them in from your computer or type in the text that you need. Um, and all of this can be moved around using their drag-and-drop interface. Everything in Squarespace's drag-and-drop makes it really easy and fun to use, and this is all done in your web browser. It feels like it's just an application on your computer. It really is quite special. They have absolutely beautiful, fantastic new templates uh, with the new Squarespace, and they're out of this world. They're really clean, and they let your content do the talking. And they have responsive web design built right in. So when you add images or design pages with the new Squarespace, your entire site restructures automatically to fit on every device and maintain the beauty of the design that you've worked on. They've also done a lot with social media integration, so you can easily set up um, sharing and syncing with your social media accounts. So if you want to tweet out every time you post, or if you want your tweets to be shown as one of the blocks that I mentioned on one of your pages, you can do that too. These are some of the really great features that are new with the new Squarespace 6, and I want you to go and try this out. Go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. You can start a two-week free trial. And if you use the offer code 70 decibels 8 at 70 D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-8 at checkout, 
you'll get 10% off your first purchase. I want to thank Squarespace for their continued support of the Right for Your Life podcast and the Sentinels of Us Network. So, Mike, how do you keep up with news on the internet? And also, why is it important? I guess that's um, a good place to start. So, um, I mean, I'm, I was... Um, I remember when I first realized that there were loads of blogs about writing on the internet and there were all these kind of really fantastic articles that were being written about this kind of thing that I was passionate about. It was a bit of a shock to me, which is seems a bit ridiculous to say now. So my first kind of um, realization was that I could use the net to uh, to kind of have my own news stream, really. It was, it, was, it felt like uh, reading the news, but for me. Um, and uh, I quickly had to try and uh, I thought it, it felt difficult because what I was doing was basically trying to remember the sites that I visited and then go back to them. I know this all sounds very old fashioned, but I'm sure there are some people that are still in this position who haven't heard of things like RSS, which we're about to come on to. But um, it's important to keep up with, I guess, publishing news and almost uh, writing news because if you if you're writing whether you know whatever it is you're you're part of the industry so if you if you write if you write for your i don't know your local newspaper then you're part of a, a much wider industry and if you're writing poetry you're also part of the publishing industry or you're part of i guess the writing industry i don't know so it's important to keep on top of what's happening in the industry just so that you don't look daft sometimes in conversations um but also i expect that you probably should be interested so mike you're very interested in technology therefore you don't just sit at home playing on your phone all day i mean you probably do do that but yeah <laughs> but you know you're in you, you go from that to being interested in the industry at large so where does your phone sit in the wider um scheme of things and it's exactly the same principle with writing you need to know where your book or your poetry or your newspaper you need to know where they sit in the wider the grand scheme of things and also, of course, it's actually quite good fun to keep up with um, the industry and to, to know what's going on, what, what the latest publishing news is, what the latest kind of raging success is, you know, what's, what's the next Fifty Shades of Nonsense, that kind of thing. So I discovered there was all these things on the net and obviously way more people, everyone's kind of discovering it now. But I think that a lot of people perhaps don't really know still how to keep up with websites and to, uh, to kind of create that personal new stream and this is where rss comes in so um and this is where you're an expert mike so i've got i've got here what to say is um to describe what rss is and how it works but i think you're probably better placed than me to do that crying out loud oh my word um <laughs> rss no no, no I, i'm trying to think of a, a simple way to put it really like basically rss is a way for your websites to come to you rather than you going to them so you will get an application an rss reader as they're called um and then there is one that, that i would suggest that people check out and i'll put it in the show notes it's called reader and it's um for for the apple platform um and what you do is so you would go to your favorite websites um and you would uh you would a lot of them have RSS buttons, or if you use Google Reader, which is like that's actually the service that Reader, the application that I just mentioned, uses. Like it hooks in with Google's RSS reading platform. They have like a, an online 
um, web-based platform. So you would maybe go to the website or you would go into Google Reader and you'd type in the domain name that you want. Um, and then Google Reader will do its thing to find the RSS feed that is contained on that website and then it adds it to your list of subscriptions. And then what you do, instead of going to, I don't know, ianbroom.com and maybe to 70decibels.com to read what's newest there, you would just either open your app or open Google Reader in, um, in your web browser and you would see everything that's new since the last time it was refreshed. Um, and then all of those, those news stories or blogs or um, articles stay unread until you've read them and then they disappear from your unread queue. Um, it's basically, as I say, it's a way for you to bring your favourite stuff on the internet to you rather than you having to go to it. And it's RSS stands for really simple syndication because it syndicates your um, the websites that you read or the blogs that you read in a very, very simple way. Excellent stuff, Mike. No problem. So Google Reader is probably the one that I would recommend, mainly because it's free. Yeah, well, Go it's... Google Reader is like... That's the sort of the back end of it all. And you can view it all online, uh, but then you can have applications that, that read Google Reader for you, maybe and give you extra functions and such. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and what it means is you can go to, let's say, there are, let's say you've got 10 favorite sites and they're about writing and publishing. It could range from my site to Joanna Penn's site, the Creative Pen, or it could be the Guardian Books website. So you could go to all of those places. You could cite, you could find their little orange RSS button, and you would subscribe to their feed, and then you would never have to go to those sites again to get new stuff because all you would do is go to Google Reader, log in, and all the latest articles would appear there in chronological order, and um, and you can kind of have your own personalised news feed, and it's um, and they're great. So RSS is the, the sort of the Best way I think to it's the way I keep up with um, my uh, sort of publishing and in industry news. Um, um, although there are kind of other services that are being used for us in kind of the same way, like Twitter, which we'll come on to in a second. So the first thing I would suggest trying is RSS. If you haven't already got, I know a lot of people already know about RSS, but if you don't, then give it a try. It will revolutionise the way that you look at things on the internet. It's been around for years. It's been around for absolutely ages. But it's um, it's a really important tool in keeping up with um, all the sort of writing and publishing news. If you have a website of your own, then you can also make sure that your uh, your own website is um, compatible with RSS. So you can you can track how many people are subscribed to your website via RSS. So you can use a service like FeedBurner um, or FeedBlitz. Or um, you can even, if you want to, people to subscribe to your website via emails, then you can use MailChimp and um, and those other two services I just mentioned as well. Actually, so there are ways if you if you have your own website or blog, a lot of this will already be built in, but it's it's really important because people are going to come to your site and want to subscribe to it. So Twitter, so this is another way that people um, more and more are keeping up with news. How do you use Twitter these days, Mike? Do you, do you use it? just for conversations, or do you use it for news as well? Um, I'm, you, I mainly use it for conversations. Um, that works better for me, to be honest. But I do, there are like a couple of, of, of uh, websites that I subscribe to um, in, in, in a way of like I view them, I read them a lot or whatever, that I will actually 
subscribe to the the Twitter updates as well, just because you know I always want to see um, when they are uh, when they've been published. So, yeah. like for example, Daring Fireball, uh, John Gruber's site is a pretty big tech blog. Um, I always want to see maybe when something when he's posted something new, so I subscribe to his Twitter feed so I can catch it at, at like ASAP rather than having to wait for my RSS. Yeah. So what you can do if you've got a, if you've got a blog of your own, you can have um, you can have um, whenever you publish a new post, you can have it go to a specific Twitter feed. So I've got one of those. So I think this is what you're describing, Mike. So I'm Ian Broom on Twitter, so people can follow me. And sometimes I do post links to things that I write, but I post links to things that other people write, and I have conversations. I just use Twitter in kind of the normal way. But I also have a Twitter account called Ian Broom Feed, and all that does, I don't use it for conversations or anything at all apart from um, linking to new posts for my website. So if someone was to, to subscribe to Ian Broom Feed on Twitter or follow Ian Broom Feed on Twitter, whenever I post something new to my blog, um, it will automatically post a tweet to that, um, to that Twitter account so that people can see it if they're following it. So that's one way. I think that's what you're describing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one way of, 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 if you have a blog, of trying to keep people in touch. And it's one way that you can um, follow websites on Twitter is by, if they have that type of special account for, for blog updates, you can do that. One of the ways that I, I use Twitter is um, for keeping up with industry news is by using Twitter lists. Um, these were, um, I guess they came out a couple of years ago now, actually. And uh, it's pretty much my entire Twitter experience, if you will, is, um, is based around Twitter lists. So I have a list for what I call Cyber Pals, which is um, a very childish way of uh, just putting people that I actually know in real life. So, um, I, I, And what it means is I have my mainstream, like my general stream where everything goes, and then I have my Cyber Pals stream, which is people that I know uh, from real life or I know them quite well online, and all their stuff goes in there. Um, and sometimes there's useful stuff in there, but that tends to be more for conversations. But I also have a list called publishing, and I have a list called uh, writers who blog or something like that. So that's where I get a lot of my news from, because I know that if I look at those lists, I know that, it, that, that it's just people who talk about publishing and post links to publishing articles. Excuse me. Um, uh, and similarly, if I, uh, if I look at my list, which is uh, writers who blog, then I know that that's going to be just writers who blog talking about writing and linking to their blog posts that they've written. Um, so that's that's a really handy way. In fact, Mike, I even then have one called um, it's actually called Useful, but that I, I called it that a long time ago. It probably should now be called Design and Tech News, and um, and that's kind of people who post links to design and tech things. So yeah, completely different industry, but something I'm interested in, and it's a good way of me separating all that stuff from all the writing stuff by using Twitter lists. Um, do you, uh, we've never talked about this, Mike. Do you use Twitter lists much? Um, I have lists for certain things, but I, they're just more to keep track of some stuff. So, for example, if I've met someone like at a meetup, for example, um, I've been to a couple of like Twitter meetup type things, um, and I might put them on a list just so I remember where, you know, how do I know this person? Because I don't yeah. read their blog or whatever. Oh, I, I met I saw I met them in person once, so I would I do that sort of stuff. I'm not really a big list keeper. I know there are some people that they have everybody categorized into lists, and if that's the type of person you are, then then it can work for you. 
Mm. Well, like I say, it's very handy for making a distinction between different sort of topics that you're interested in. And if you do want to kind of have, um, use it for conversation, but sometimes you just want to go on and find out what's going on, what the latest news is, what, what are people linking to, you can kind of put those type of people into, into lists. So I find that quite handy. The other thing is uh, Twitter favorites, which I've started using quite, quite a lot as well. And now we're kind of branching onto the idea of when you, when you, uh, when you found something that you like, how do you store it so that you can come back to, to it later? So Twitter favorites is one way of doing that. So if you're finding all these links, all this news in Twitter, because Twitter is a very, um, a very uh, temporary kind of platform, things come and go in an, in an instant, you may not have the time to kind of read three or four articles um, uh, right there and then. So if you use Twitter favorites, then you can just see an interesting link um, about some kind of writing or publishing related thing uh, and and favorite it. So make it uh, make it your one of your add it to your favorites list. And then when you come back to it later, all your uh, you go to your favorites kind of stream, and you'll have a list of things for you to read that are interesting. Um, it's um, it's it's a bit like. Uh, I don't know what's a bit like a bit like you can, you can you can do a similar sort of thing with RSS so you can you can store certain items in Google Reader for instance so that as things come through your kind of uh, chronological newsline um, you can mark things to read later but there are actual specific services that do that and me and Mike I know for a fact use different ones so we'll um, we very briefly talk about each one so if you're using RSS and you're using Twitter to um, discover these new articles. You might use Twitter favorites, as I've just said, to kind of keep track of stuff that you want to go back to. But there's a lot of information. There are a lot of articles. There are a lot of uh, news items, and you can't keep up with all of them. You can't. You can't read constantly. You need to be able to find them again. So one of the things that I use, which is uh, something I've used for ages, is brilliant, and it's called Instapaper. So Instapaper is a um, it's a web app. Uh, it's a mobile app, and um, and you, you can get a version for your iPad as well. And it's extremely simple. You basically, if you find an article and you haven't got time to read it, you use a little bookmarklet in your browser and say read later, and then it gets added to a list of articles that you've marked to read later, and you can work your way through them at your leisure later on, either on on uh, on, on uh, your desktop computer or on your mobile or on your iPad. Um, and it's great. It's uh, it's wonderful. And you used to use that, Mike, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a fan of the service, but just the type of thing that I um, that I save these days is not just things to read. I also save um, videos to watch later, and I also save things that I just want to remind myself about. So, like um, maybe a link. Or something. So let's say um, I have a website that I want to check out, but it's not necessarily something I need to read, but I've seen it go by on my Twitter stream and want to check it out later on. I use an app called Pocket, which is at getpocket.com. Um, obviously, there'll be a link in the show notes. And Pocket is designed more for this sort of stuff, like for saving all sorts of media. Um, and you know, um, or maybe like just to, as, I use it as kind of like a uh, what I call an everything bucket. So everything kind of just goes in there. 
Yeah. But if I want to read something, if it's like specifically something I want to read in a real great environment, like as a really long article, then I would be inclined to send it to Instapaper because their actual options for reading um, long articles are the best. Their reading environment um, is much better than the reading environment in Pocket. Yeah, because what it does, it strips all the nonsense away. So if you go to a website that's got lots of bells and whistles, big sidebar full of stuff, but you know a really good article that you want to read, what Instapaper does when you press read later, when you go back to it, it just gives you the article. It just it's um it's literally the text, maybe maybe an image if there's an image part of the article. Um, it strips all the rest out to make it you know really nice and easy to read. And P- Pocket does that too. Mm. Um, but it's it's like some just some of the features like there's a lot more fonts available. Um, there are like things like in Instapaper there are like a, so like an automatic dark mode. So like the if you have if you enable this, it will like throughout the day the screen gets darker, so it goes from like a white background to a sepia background to a black background. Yeah, my favorite thing on the iPhone is a thing called like uh, I think it's like tilt scrolling. So instead of having to use your thumb to swipe, you just sort of tip your phone backwards and forwards to move the article up and down. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very well designed and, and app of a great pedigree in the paper. So there, there, are, there are recommendations. There are some other stuff. There is some other kind of uh, services, but I think they're kind of the two that I've used most. I use Instapaper mainly, Pocket a little bit, but they're both very good. Um, so we have RSS, we have Twitter. They're kind of the main ways that I would suggest you try and um, get into for uh, keeping finding new stuff. And then I would use Instapaper or Pocket and Pocket possibly to um, remember stuff, to go back to it later. Couple of other ways just before we finish. Um, Facebook, Mike. Imagine that. I'm going to suggest Facebook. Whoa. Um, you can you can kind of like your favourite websites. Most websites have have their own stuff being posted to Facebook, and if you like them, then they will appear in your Facebook streams. So that I, have, I, mean, I don't use it much for that kind of thing, but I know a lot of people who do. Um, and and very often with Facebook is that people will they'll post new stuff, so they'll post. Um, uh, new blog items. So let's say, let's say it's a blog, for example. Every time they publish something on the blog, they'll post it to Facebook, so it'll appear in your timeline. But some people also kind of throw in extra stuff, extra stuff as well. So they might use um, Facebook's like polls and questions and that kind of thing. So sometimes it can be, I guess, um, a more, if you pardon the word, a more intimate maybe way of um, interacting with a website. Intimate, you say? Indeed. Um, and then the other one is, is Tumblr. So a lot of people do the same thing with Tumblr. But um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Mike, either on or off air. But my real first introduction to blogging and where I've met kind of people online for the first time was actually Tumblr. And when I say I met people online, you know, sort of developed relationships. You know, I consider yeah. me, me and you to be pals almost, if you, if you don't mind me saying, Mike. I wouldn't say almost, Broom. <laughs> Very close to being. I would say not at all. <laughs> But, you know, but we've, we've never met in real life. So my first kind of experience of, of that was on Tumblr, and it was a case of following people that I was interested in. So Tumblr is a blogging platform, which I would, I've recommended before for kind of getting into blogging. But it has this whole social network behind it as well, so that you, you can interact with other, other, other bloggers, I guess, or other people that have got Tumblr sites, and you can follow their timelines. And if they're posting interesting stuff, then um, then then it appears in your 
Tumblr dashboard and and you know it's another way of keeping up with the industry and more and more more and more websites that have blogs like big websites um, um, uh, you know sort of national newspapers that kind of thing they they also have tumblers now as well yeah. so you can kind of I guess you follow them in the same way that you might follow them on Twitter um, and um, and yes yeah, so I recommend those two very br- briefly at the end there and, and uh, I, I, that was kind of it for me there are lots of other ways that you can keep up with the industry news. Um, I mean, in the UK, if you follow a website like the Bookseller, um, like I mentioned, Guardian Books, I mean, they're good ways of following the industry just by keeping tabs with those with those websites. But I, I kind of wanted to focus more on the tools that make it happen for you as opposed to which sites to follow because there are lots of places where you can find that kind of information. So I hope that was useful for people. I know it wasn't particularly useful for you, Mike, because you know all this stuff because you're like a technical genius. I am a technical genius, yes. Technical wizard well, yeah, both combined. Imagine that's some kind of super wizard. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> a genius wizard, in fact. Yeah, a, a gizzard. Mm-mm. No, no. So, where where can people find you on the internet, Mike? Um, they can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on Twitter. Um, or I can also be found at MikeHurley.net, if you would, if you would so like. And I don't see any reason why anyone wouldn't. And you can find me on Twitter at Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E, or you can go to ianbroom.net. And you can subscribe via RSS, as, as described slightly earlier. Look for the orange button, press that, and you'll be in business. Love so um, that's it, Mike. Only one more to go. Oh, that's a shame when you say it like that. <laughs> I've got important stuff to be doing. More important than this show. I would say 10% more important. That's that's a pretty good percentage. <laughs> it is indeed. So that's it. Until next time, I suppose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for listening to this week's show. Um, until next time, in the last episode of Season 2. Bye-bye, everyone. Tatty-bye. <laughs>